0: Welcome to the Revolution Podcast. We're the high school ministry at the Church at Rocky Peak, and we'd love for you to join us in person on Saturday nights at 5.30. For more info about the ministry and upcoming events, find us on Instagram at HSRevolution. We hope you enjoy this time of teaching from God's Word. Yo, what's happening, Revolution? Nice to see you tonight. Uh, My name is Tim. I'm the high school pastor here. I'm really excited that you guys are here. In just a moment, we're going to be jumping into a brand new series. I'm really excited for this. Uh, It's in a really fun book of the Bible that we don't get to crack open very often. And so that's going to be, it's just, I just have been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, But before we do, I want to just double back in on one of the things that the announcement team was talking about. We were talking about our karaoke night that we have coming up. Uh, It's our first, second Saturday of the year. The reason that we do second Saturdays is so that people who are are brand new to a church environment uh, that there's a a reason for you to invite them up right You can invite someone on any single Saturday right anyone new is always welcome no matter no matter when but These nights are designed to have some sort of fun element where you're like, hey, you want to come watch some really talented people sing some songs and laugh at some really funny people sing some songs? Uh, Where you can invite someone up. They get a a taste for what it's like to be here in Revolution. They get to see uh, worship happen also. They get to hear a message about how Jesus loves them and cares about them. And then you get to continue that conversation uh, as you go in your, in your day-to-day relationship with them and maybe they will even want to come back. And so that is why that exists. Second Saturdays always happen on the second Saturday of the month and they're fun. They're fun for all of us. But the reason we do it is to have uh, an opportunity, a chance, a regular reminder that we want to be sharing the message of Jesus with people who, who need to know that there's a God who loves them and cares about them, uh, who made them and has a purpose for them and that there's hope in something bigger than just what we can control. All right, commercial out of the way. Let's pray, and we're going to jump into our time in the Word. You guys ready? Here we go. Jesus, thank you for your plan and your purpose in bringing us here today. Uh, God, I pray that that today as we dig into your Word, as we go to a, a book in the Old Testament that maybe we have opened up before and been confused by, or we've skimmed past, or just haven't even gotten to even close to maybe cracking it open. I pray, God, that that we would find there, that we'd find wisdom, that we would find words to live by, that you would nourish us, that you would feed us, and that by your spirit, that you would call us out to be people that you've created us for, that we would see our need for you above everything else. God, would you show us with clear eyes, God, just the, the things that are, that we're living for, that are around us, uh, and what has meaning, and what has purpose, and what doesn't. God, would you you show us how it is that you've created us to live, and what it is that that perhaps we should be avoiding. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Um, Anybody in here ever been to Yosemite? So... Way back in the day, way back, we used to take uh, our middle school students on a trip called the road trip, the eighth grade road trip. Uh, And the the one that if, if you're in here and maybe as a middle school student, you went on the eighth grade road trip, that's the second eighth grade road trip. I never actually got to do that one where you go down south to San Diego and do a baseball game and that kind of stuff. But what we used to do is we used to take students up to Yosemite and do a hike to a place called Vernal Falls. In fact, I've got got a picture of the waterfall here. Now, this is a, a gorgeous waterfall in Yosemite. It's It's not an easy hike, especially as a middle school student. It's not an easy hike. Lindsay's nodding. Lindsay's been on this trip. Uh, Lindsay, were you on the very first road trip ever? Yeah, Lindsay was, as as a student, on the very first road trip ever that went to this location. I had the privilege of getting to, to be and go on this trip multiple times. We used to to run it ahead of time to make sure things were clear. Don't 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 start going through the slides yet until I start calling for them. We'll leave it here. Okay, we're gonna pause, park right here. And so when you go on this hike, there's these stairs that that go up like this. Now. This is, this is a story about one of the times that I went up there without students. We were up there, just a few of us college guys, and we decided to, to run up the hill as fast as we could. And so we ran these stairs all the way up. Now, these stairs, when you're going up these stairs, they are long. They are hewn out of the rock. I don't even know where they came from. I don't know who built them. They are a little treacherous, because as you'll see on this next slide, they can get a little, a little slippery sometimes. Right, so the, the water when the water's really coming down, the the steps are getting slippery, and it can be a little sketchy. And people have actually died on this hike. I can't believe we took middle school students on this. But anyway, uh, and then not only are they slippery, there's also sections where it's really narrow, like this next one, right, where it's like it's like not safe, but it's it's adventurous. Um, but then after after the narrow steps, right, then, then you get to the top. And you have this awesome view of the waterfall. Right? So this is Dre and I a long time ago uh, at the top of this waterfall. If you were to zoom in, you would see a very young Dre and Tim wearing a yellow bandana. Um, not because it was in but just because I wanted to. And so this this is the top of the mountain, right? And so we, we got up there. We got to the top. Uh, and then we decided, we had ran. We ran up there. We got up there in probably like less than half the time. It usually takes us with middle school students in tow, right? Because middle school students, they're short. And so we, we got up there. We decided it was time to run down the mountain, right? You guys saw those steps and how like sketchy that is going up. It's like doubly as sketchy. And so we're just, we're, running down, and we're running down, and and we're going as fast as we can, and there's like little spots. In fact, if you go back to the slippery picture, you see those like, those smooth rocks there? There were even points where instead of like stepping down the rocks, we would just like sit on the smooth rocks and like try to slide down. We're trying to go down as fast as we can, and so I'm going, I'm going, and then all of a sudden, my foot just slips. Have you ever had a moment where life just gives out on you, right? Have you ever had a moment where, like, something that you were depending on that you were sure was going to be there, like your footing or your feet on the ground or, like, your feet not up in the air? Like, have you ever had a moment where you were depending on something being there and then all of a sudden it wasn't, right? Maybe you've had a, a friendship that just fell apart. Maybe you, you had a, a family that, that out of, to you, just felt like out of nowhere, like there was tension, there was friction, maybe maybe even a, a split there. Maybe you've had health issues that have come up in, in your life or in, in a family member's life. Maybe there was just even a surprise move. You were living somewhere, you were settled in, you were, you were comfortable, you had your friends, you had the people around you, you knew what life was like and then all of a sudden your parents come and they're like, hey, we, we've got to move. We've got somewhere else to go. I bet in a room like this, there, there are a number of us who have had those experiences, who have, who have had things happen that we didn't see coming where it felt like something we were depending on all of a sudden slipped out from, from underneath us. Maybe you've had that with something that you lean on for emotional support. Maybe it's a, a relationship, whether a dating relationship or someone else who you're close to, where they're the person that you lean on. They make life better. And then all of a sudden, they're not there. Or they let you down. Maybe there was a point in your life where you had turned to some sort of chemical to, to make you feel better about what's going on. Whether it was a, a drug, whether it was alcohol, where you're like, well, th- this is what I'm leaning on. And in the beginning, it helped numb, and it helped with the pain. And then before you knew it, it went from helping to causing And being the thing that now had its hooks in you. Instead of helping with the things that it it used to almost be like medicine for for you. Maybe you've leaned into your reputation. And what made you feel good about yourself is that people looked at you. Looked up to you. Maybe it was at school. Maybe it was at church. People saw you as the model. The person to follow. The person to like. The person to be friends with. And then something happened a choice you made, someone's vendetta against you, just the wind shifted. And all of a sudden, that was gone. Maybe you've even had a point in your life where you've been let down by God, where you were trusting him to provide a good life for you. And it felt like he wasn't there when you needed him. Those moments can leave us feeling helpless lost even empty inside so as i slipped down the hill luckily enough there was a rock to catch my like fall and it wasn't too bad of a fall it was just a couple feet and i dusted myself and i picked up started running down the mountain again <laughs> it's a bad choice uh and luckily this story doesn't end with me being dead because i'm here today uh but that happens to us, I think, too, is we live, in, we live a life where we're leaning on something, we're depending on something. This is something we're, we're sure about. It falls apart on us. Life falls apart. Things fall apart. We don't know what we're going to do. But then eventually we pick ourselves up. We dust ourselves off. Maybe things didn't get as bad as we thought they were going to get. And then we just pick up doing the same thing we were doing before, whether it's leaning on that thing that let us down or finding something else to lean on and depend on to be there for us. But so often in life, we things fall apart and then we, we put things back together over time and then we just go back and we repeat that same process. It was dumb of me to keep running down the hill the same way. I very easily could have slipped in a much worse spot and found myself tumbling down the side of a mountain and one of the number of people who died in Yosemite that year. Uh, I'm happy that didn't happen. But how often in our lives do we just find our life falling apart, and then go back to living the same way once things are normal again. Today, we're starting a series called Empty, and we're calling it the search for what's real. And we'll talk about a little bit why it is that this idea of emptiness, and even like the picture that's here of the smoke kind of coming out of this glass, like there are so many things in our life that offer us promises, that offer to be the thing that we can lean on, that we can depend on, that we can build our life on, that are really just like an empty jar of smoke, that when you go to grab it, when you go to get that thing, they're gone. And so we'll be looking at a book in the Bible that explores this idea, that explores this idea that that in life, so much of life is, is transient. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. That good things come, and then good things go. That terrible things happen, and then all of a sudden, they're gone. And it feels like so much of life can shift and change underneath us. And in the middle of all that emptiness, we want to find something that's more real than just the smoke. And so if you have your Bible with you today, we're going to be opening up to the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Uh, and we're going to be kind of reading the intro section today and then talking a little bit about what this book as a whole is about and why we're going to be spending the next month, month and a half looking at some of the themes and things that the author of Ecclesiastes draws out for us. Because this idea of, of emptiness is going to be central to, to what we're going to be looking at. And we're going to be asking the question is, is there something that we can lean on and depend on that's, that's greater and more solid than the things around us that offer us these promises to hold our lives together. So we're going to be in Ecclesiastes, starting in chapter 1, in verse 1, looking at the first 11 verses. Ecclesiastes 1.1. 1, 1. It says, the words of the teacher. We're going to talk a little bit later. We're going to see kind of that word there in Hebrew for teacher, is is someone who who gathers together a group. And so English translators have put it down as teacher because, for the most part, this person whose words fill most of Ecclesiastes is someone who's trying to teach us what life is like. The words of the teacher, son of David, King in Jerusalem. And so someone who who ties back their like Their life and their title and the reason that you should listen to them ties it back to being someone who's a descendant of King David, whether that's his direct next son, Solomon, or someone else down in the line, someone else maybe who lived in the castle, grew up with a lot of access to wealth and a lot of access to the things of the world. And they're going to unpack the things that they've seen in that time. And so verse 2 starts these words of the teacher. And so the very first word that the teacher speaks is the word meaningless. And we're going to talk a little bit later about what this word meaningless means. In in Hebrew, it's the word hevel, H-E-V-E-L. And it's actually, it doesn't quite mean meaningless. Uh, It's got a a more tangible name. It's got got a more tangible meaning to it. And so we'll kind of unpack that a little bit because it gets to the theme of what this book is talking about. But nevertheless, in the English, we're going to read it out. Uh, Verse 2, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. So he's looking out at the world and he's like, man, all of this, all of this is empty. What do people gain from their labors at which they toil under the sun? So like, what are people getting from spending so much time working? Have you ever looked at adults who spend... 40, 50, 60, 80 hours working in a week, and you're like, why? Why is this the life that you're living? What is the purpose of this? What do people gain from all their labels at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. Right? In other words, man, things, the same things happen All the time. No matter how much you work, the earth keeps spinning. All streams flow to the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. And so here to start with a very cheery message is this idea of like, look, Look at life. We spend this time, we work, we toil, we work so hard, and man, life just keeps going. The same things that the human race was dealing with thousands of years ago, we deal with now and will be dealt with thousands of years from now. Generations come, generations go. Many of you remember your grandparents. How many of you know your grandparents, grandparents? How many of your grandkids, grandkids will know you? right? Time just marches on and on and on. And so he says in the beginning, hevel, empty, meaningless, smoke. What is there that has meaning? And so this idea is what he's going to the teacher is going to unpack throughout the entire book and what the author of the book is going to kind of take a critical eye and look at at the very end of the book. But instead of giving you just my own overview of the whole book of Ecclesiastes, what we're going to do is we're actually going to look at Uh, a video from the Bible Project that breaks down the book of Ecclesiastes, I think, really well, especially visually, uh, and to give us an idea of, of what is this theme, what is it talking about, and what is it that's going on here so that we can see why we're digging into this and what we can start breaking out in the weeks to come. And so if you guys would, turn your attention to the screen as we jump in to this Bible Project video on Ecclesiastes. And so that... I think really covers like the, I mean, it covers the whole book. There we go. There's a series in eight minutes. We're done. Um, but what we're going to be doing as we go through this is looking at some of the things that the author points out in life are just this, this emptiness, this, this smoke, this vapor, this wind that we can't hold on to. Uh, on your note sheet, there's a fill in there that says Hevel right, literally means vapor or smoke. There are so many things in life that we want to lean on, and just as we're beginning to enjoy them, or just as it's beginning to be this this fulfilling thing, something shifts, something changes, and we find out that they're not as dependable as maybe we thought that they were. Not everything that is going to be highlighted in this is going to be something that's inherently meaningless. Not everything in this is going to be something that's, that's a bad thing in and of itself. We're going to see both sin and virtue, both blessing and curses, both good and bad things that ultimately, if we build our life on them, it's like trying to, to grab the fog in the beginning of the morning before it burns off in the sun. I want to give you an example of the same word, this Hevel word being used in the Bible. We see it in Psalm 39 in verse 5, where it says this. It says, you have made my days a mere hand breadth. In other words, my days are only so long. They're like, if I could measure my days, they're as wide as my hand. The span of my years is nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath. And that's that same word in Hebrew. Everyone is but Hevel, even those who seem secure. And so what the psalmist is saying here is not that everyone is meaningless, but that even our our lives itself, that they're intangible. It's not something that you can can keep and hold on to if you were to try as hard as you might. You're still one day going to have that slip away from you as well. The same idea is echoed in the New Testament in James 4.14. James writes... uh, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. right? Whether it's our life as a whole or those little pieces things just slip through our fingers. And so as we go through the book, we're going to see uh, in the NIV, it's going to repeat meaningless, 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 meaningless over and over again. And so that's that idea of that that something that's not solid, that you can't put your feet on, that's going to let you down, something that's smoke that if you tried to grab it, you can't hold on to. And so why is it that so much of life is is hevel? Why is it so much of life is, isn't is tangible, able to be held on to. The, the next fill on your note sheet is this, is that, that everything in creation is contingent and can let us down. Everything in creation is contingent and can let us down. Something that's contingent, that means that it depends on something else. That no matter what it is, if it's in this room, if it's outside of these doors, if it's a person, if it's an idea, if it, whatever it is, it depends on something else. Every relationship, every high, every good feeling, every human purpose is built on top of something else. As people's circumstances change, people change. As situations change, relationships shift. As finances change, our quality of life changes. As chemicals change our bodies, the things that maybe brought us joy all of a sudden start being a source of pain. Everything in life that we could chase after is contingent, is dependent on something else. Dependent oftentimes on a web of so many things outside of our control. It could be the career that we one day want, the hope of a life that we have, the hope of a person who we want to build our life with. All of those things are outside of what we can hold on to and many of it may just one day slip through our grasp. Because there's only one thing, there's only one thing that isn't dependent on anything or anyone else. And the only one who isn't dependent, who isn't contingent, is God. But even knowing that, even though God isn't dependent on anything else, there's still something that can feel shaky or scary about that. The next feeling is this, is that God is faithful and dependable, but outside our control that all those other things in life, all the things that offer us those empty promises, the things that are dependent on a web of all those other things, that they offer us something that maybe we can hope to control. They give us something that that appears to be like within our grasp, uh, something that we can get our hands around that fits in our hands. But when it, it comes to God and when it comes to building a life around Him and, and His faithfulness and His dependability, there's also this recognition man, like those other things, like maybe I could control the other stuff in my life. As empty out of a promise as that is, but when we look to God, we recognize, man, I, I can't make God do what I want him to do. I can't choose to have him do the things that I think should happen. I can't make him decide to make me happy all the time. What happens when my wants are different than what he wants in my life? And we start to recognize that even when it comes to following after God, that there's an element of Hevel there because we can't hold on to and control him either. That it becomes a relationship of trust, not a relationship of control. And so even there, there's some, some shifting that can happen that's outside of what we expect I think the, the video does a great job of kind of highlighting that when we do choose to trust God, to trust that the changes and the shifts that are going to happen in life are in his control and that he is good and he's shown that by his love for us, ultimately his love of dying on the cross, that when we decide to let go of control, when we stop trying to grab for the smoke and the vapor, then we get to enjoy the good things as they come along then we get to enjoy the friendships for as long as they last. We get to enjoy, whether it's the beautiful sunset or the, the life that we have that's currently, when things are going smooth, then we get to enjoy that because we know God has brought that to us. And when that shifts, when that changes, when things fall apart, we know that he is still sure and ultimately in control. And so there's a freedom that comes from recognizing that I can't control God. And that'll be one of the things that we talk about throughout the series. As we wrap up, I want to give you just a couple of questions to think about and reflect on as we get ready to dive into Ecclesiastes in the coming weeks. The, the first question for reflection is this, is just what is your foundation? What is your sure thing that you're building your life on? Right? Jesus tells a parable uh, in a couple different places in the New Testament of these two guys who are builders. One of them builds a house on a, basically on a pile of sand and the other one builds a house on a rock and the guy who built on the sand, it doesn't go well. And then Jesus is like, I am the rock. Build, build on me, build on these things that I have told you. I am something stable. And now we could sit in this room and we could all go around in a circle and we could all answer the question of what is your foundation? We'd all be like... Jesus is my foundation. And sometimes I think there are even times where we really think that is true, but because Jesus is a part of our life, not because he's what we're leaning on. And so instead of, of thinking through what the, maybe the right proper church answer should be, like spend some time and really reflect on in your life, what gives you a sense of safety and security and promises to always be there for you? And then really ask yourself, is this the thing that I want everything in my life to be leaning on. Is this what I want to depend on? How stable is it really? Because that'll get us ready for some of the conversations that are coming up. The next question is, what are you trying to hold on to that won't last? What are you trying to hold on to, to control, to grab, to chase after that ultimately is going to be something that's fleeting, that's not going to go anywhere? How's it affecting your time and your energy and your focus to be chasing after that? Is it a, a person? Is it people's attention at, at large? Is it a certain grade point average? Is it a certain kind of future? Is it a certain college you want to get into? Is it a certain career that you're hoping to have? Is it just to get through a day with as much joy and pleasure as you can possibly like scrape up? What is it that you're chasing after and will it or won't it last? And is it the thing that Jesus would want you to be focusing on? Or does he have something greater in mind? And then lastly, just a question I think for all of us to, to continually come back to over and over again in our life is what would it look like for you This week, in this season of your life, what would it look like for you to depend on Jesus? Because I bet you if you're a junior in this room, the answer to that question is probably different than freshman year or sophomore year because circumstances have changed. Things have changed. To trust Jesus freshman year might look different than to trust Jesus junior year or senior year. And so reflect on that and think about that. For for you right now, what would it look like to lean on Jesus instead of leaning on something else to be that thing that offers your stability, to give you that kind of emotional sense that things are going to be okay? And then maybe even in addition to that, not just what would it look like, but what might it cost you, right? Because if we're leaning on him, we're giving up some element of control. And so what might you have to even give up if you're going to be leaning on him a little bit more? The band's going to come up, and we're going to a couple more songs of worship. And as we do that, um, one, I want to remind you that we have the prayer wall in the back. And so uh, maybe this idea of things being empty or chasing after things that you can't grab onto is kind of stirring something up in you. And maybe you have words for that. Maybe you don't even have anything that you can really fully wrap your mind around yet. But I want to encourage you, like if there's a way that we can be praying for you, we would love to be lifting you up in prayer. Uh, There's going to be a couple students back there who can pray for you. What was the, the phrase, Kelsey? Kelsey, just step out. She did, that's good. Uh... Right here, prayer, I don't remember. There was a phrase that we had in the announcement. Right Right, Right there, prayer? I don't know. There was a thing, and we had it. If you need prayer. They'll be back there. You can also write down your prayer. We would love to be praying for you guys. We're going to be going into this time of worship. And as we do that too, I want to highlight one thing that's at the bottom of your note sheet. Freshmen in your life group, you're going to be going over those questions that are at the bottom of your note sheet. But we put those there for anyone. If you want to continue thinking about uh, what we talked about tonight, those are great ways to just take it back and spend a little time uh, in your one-on-one time with God. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to jump into this time. Uh, and just... and. Reach out to the one person who is, who is solid, who won't let us down. Jesus, we thank you, God, for, for challenging our conception of life, for pointing out to us that there are so many things that we try to live on, that we try to build on, that are just, that are sand, that are smoke, that we, we can't control, that no matter how hard we try to hold on to it, it just slips through our fingers. God, I pray that we would learn as your people what it really means to be called into a relationship of trusting you. Would we recognize, Jesus, that you are trustworthy, that you showed us by, by your coming and living and dying in our place and rising from the dead that, that you are someone that we can put our trust into, that you didn't hold back anything from us and that we don't have to worry that you would hold back anything from us today. And even though your idea of what my life should look like is different than mine, I can trust that you have a better perspective than I do. And so I pray, God, that, that in this series, it would be a fruitful time of looking at all the places in life that make these empty promises to us to be the one thing that we could chase after to build a life on. And instead, God, would we recognize that, that you and you alone offer a security and a stability and a purpose and meaning. That we desperately need and were created for. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Man, the the sun rises, the sun sets, the earth keeps going, the streams run into the into the ocean. Right? All all the things the teacher pulls out there in that first passage, like things just keep going. From before we were and long after we're we're gone. The world is just gonna keep going and it can feel a lot of times like like we can't even make a dent that we can't make a dent in the lives of the people around us that we can't even make a dent in our own life no matter how much we try and yet one of the coolest things one of the the mysteries of the gospel is that the god who did create it all the one who is bigger than all of it who is more solid and more sure that when he chose to break into creation and change the story and leave a mark by coming in flesh and dying for us, that he chose to partner with you and I to do something that does matter, that has eternal consequences. That not only did he come to rescue you so that you could be in relationship with him and have a firm foundation in him, he also called you to be a part of his movement and letting people know that there is hope and that there is someone bigger and greater than all the things that are falling apart in their life. And so I really wanna encourage you this week, because we have a second Saturday this next weekend, Think about who in your life, who do you know maybe at school, on your sports team that you're connected with, Who, who's chasing after things that are gonna let them down, right? Who do you see who's maybe at the end of their rope who just had the bottom fall out under them? And they're like, I, I need, they need something solid and they don't know where to turn. Maybe this next weekend is a, a great opportunity to invite them to, to come to something fun where there will also be a message of hope that there's something bigger that we get to choose that we can hold on to that will always be there for us. And so pray about that. Think about that. Maybe there's someone that God has on your heart that he wants you to invite. So extend that invitation. If they say no, awesome. You still extend that invitation. And if they come up, maybe they get to hear a little bit of the message of Jesus that's for them. Thank you guys for being here. I hope you enjoy your life groups this Wednesday, uh, and I hope to see you back next Saturday. We're going to have a ton of fun. I know a bunch of you are signed up. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait to hear both your wonderful and terrible singing voices. It's going to be a ton of fun. And so uh, I'll see you next Saturday. Enjoy your life groups this Wednesday. See you later.